Hey everybody, it's the Trout, and I hope you're having a wonderfully great day, and thanks for joining us on the Trout Show today. So, what do you get when you get a guy that's a tech guy, and you put him together with a guy that sells hardwood floors, you put him with a guy that makes and shapes hats, cowboy hats, and then you throw in a guy that works for Amazon. Well, what do you do with all those people? Well, you put them together and you call them the Ransom Brothers. Out of Austin, Texas, that's what today's episode's about. This is a band that hasn't been together that long, but have already started making waves in the music industry, starting to build their clientele, not just in Texas, but beyond. People listen to their music. They got new albums out. And the songwriting is compared to Almond Brothers, Southern Rock, and they even called it kind of Americana. And if you like country, they got that sound too. So they have a wonderful style to them, and even though they're just kind of starting out on the road, they've already got a fan base in Austin that continues to grow in North Texas, and I think it's going to continue to grow more and more. So sit back and enjoy this episode. I think you'll like the episode that we talked to all the Ransom Brothers about how great their music is and where they're going from here in their musical journey. But before we get there, you know what I like. Please like this episode if you like it and subscribe to my channel. It would be much appreciated. So up next, Austin's own, the Ransom Brothers, showing what Southern rock is really like. That's next on The Trout Show. band been together two and a half years creeping yeah. towards three we're creeping towards, creeping towards three. Getting, yeah. getting towards three years okay so starting on your right introduce yourself and what instrument you play i'm jt um i've been here for two years with the ransom brothers and uh, i play the fiddle ah i thought i recognized the fiddle player fiddle mm -hmm. and, and vocals backup backup vocals okay keep going so Sal, uh, that's what everybody calls me. Uh, yeah. R and mandolin. Who does the singing? The majority of it. You do. Okay. And your name is? Uh, my name's Sean. Uh, I'm our lead vocalist, uh, and I play guitar and in, in harmonica. Okay. And the gentleman next to you. My name's Slide over. Just a little. I'm sorry. Phil. <laughs> okay, Phil. No, I got you. I got you. I can see you. Yeah. Now, my name's Phil, and I play bass. And uh, the guy that's still in bed. Uh, it's the drummer. 
Yeah, he's the drummer, exactly. <laughs> he holds down the board. Yeah. <laughs> so who who plays the lead? Who plays lead guitar? Uh, him and I both do. Okay. It just depends on the song. We'll have like back and forth solos or the harmonized licks and stuff. And sometimes he takes a solo, then JT, and I'm hanging back, and sometimes vice versa. Okay. It just depends on the song and kind of how we write it. And, you know, he might come up with something that he shows to us. He's like, hey, I'm going to take a solo on this one. And if I come up with something, sometimes I'm like, hey, I'm definitely taking a solo here. So just, just kind of play the song and I just mix it up. Did you guys, did one or two of you know each other? Is that how it kind of got started? So Sal and I met through a coworker uh, in 2019. Um, and I had just left a band that I was touring with, um, mostly in Texas. We didn't really get outside of Texas. Um, but that band, when that band kind of broke up, I had gotten a different job. I'd met a guy in the office uh, after my interview and he introduced me to Sal. Sal and I went to a few frat kind of fraternity parties in college station that we played. And then we just started playing open mics, kind of trying to find opportunities to just meet with songwriters and just sort of get into it in Austin. And one thing led to another. We started meeting some really cool guys, good producers, good musicians, and it's just kind of, you know, snowballed. And what would if somebody comes up to you and says, "What kind?" Well, I know you get Sal, you get this all the time when you're booking your people. What, what do we? What do you tell them? What's your genre? Southern rock. Southern rock. I had a conversation with a guy the other day, another musician, at this uh, BMI event we were playing during South by Southwest. Uh huh. Same conversation with him, and he's like, "I've been saying Texas music," and I was like. That works. So I was like, I like that too. Not not for us specifically, but because his band was very similar in kind of the sound and genre. Right. I just call it Texas music. It's got blues. It's got country. It's got rock. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Southern rock seems to be the easiest one that kind of gets people like, okay. And I think like America, like Southern rock or Americana rock or sort of a fusion of those things. Um, that's kind of what it's the best way we can describe it as of right now. A lot of a lot of the way we sort of bridge the gap is to sort of explain what our influences are, who are, who we like, who are aspiring to be in the same genre as like, we like whiskey Myers a lot. We like Lucas Nelson and promise of the real Jason Isbell, um, drive by truckers, James McMurtry, that sort of thing, like band of heathens, like guys kind of in that realm, right. which it could fit in at a, a country uh, targeted festival mm -hmm. lineup. It could also yeah. fit in in something a little bit less, you know, country. <laughs> Playing uh, Jesus Dancing for my wife this morning. I said, here's who I'm interviewing. And i tell you what I liked about that song for the very first time I heard it, was all the eclectic playing that you guys do. So you got a little bit of the fiddle guy in there, you know, which I liked, fit in perfectly. And then you got the lead break, which kind of has that southern rock thing going on. And you got the harmonies. And then you kind of got a blend that kind of gives us your own flavor. It's one of those things, I think, really, to be honest with you, that when you hear it, you're like, I know what they sound like, but I can't really explain it to you. I kind of like the Texas thing myself, just because I guess because I'm Texas, but, but, uh, and you're in pretty good company if you're from Texas. There's a couple of musicians from this state. Um, so when you put the band together, what was the goal? What was the goal then? And what's the goal now? Um, I think when we put it together, it was just get a band. When we when we put it yeah. together, it was just man, let's try to play a show in front of some people. That would be fun. And it to be to be totally transparent, when we first started doing this, 
we were lucky if we could just get booked at a real venue and play in front of somewhere we, we could get paid to do it. We just wanted to be in the Austin music scene, period. We didn't know right. if it would be a career for us. And then when we started to kind of gather the attention of people at well-known venues like Saxon Pub, Rustic Tap, um, places in Austin that we had really – we thought it was going to take us years before we got the chance to play there. And they're like, no, y'all are great. Like, come play. We we started to get in touch with good musicians and start to find the guys that we um, we really enjoyed working with and enjoyed making music with. And now that we've now that we've seen what the potential is, if we can put our heads together and work hard on it, um, I mean, our goal, I would say, at this point, is to be career professional musicians. Like this is what this is how we put food on our table and a roof over our head. Um, which right now everybody's working day gigs, um, and we the ultimate goal is to change that as soon as possible. What's the age group? Who's the oldest? Who's the youngest? Oldest. 35 youngest 25 26 okay so you got to put in the rest of you in your 30s i assume or, or whatever okay 27 33 okay. and the drummer i don't know 30 30 30 30 i think that tells me um what the music you're playing in that and you guys know the music industry has changed so much dramatically now it's not like it was when i was even when i was your age um I think you, you, it proves to me that you're a mature performer. Okay. You're not 18 or 19 years old, you know, and you're not sitting around going, I can't wait to play in front of 15,000 people. And can I sell a bunch of tickets? You've got more of a, and, and you have, and the other part of it is you actually have some responsibilities in your life. Yeah. So maybe you're probably married, got family, whatever it is. And it's like, I can't just, yeah, there you go. Okay. So you can't just go, Ooh, I want to give this up and go on the road. Ah, we got to money coming in. Yeah. That's, that's the way it works. So I understand all that. I think the other thing is, is it about you guys have a unique sound. I mean, it's like I said, you sound kind of like something, but not really like this. And, and so when you guys get together, uh, when did this album that you just came out with, when was it released? August of last year. Okay. So you probably already start working on new stuff already, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Tell me how that all comes about. What? How is the process of putting music together? A new um, tune. A lot of it will be at its at its base. I'll write the lyrics of what a song will be. I'm our principal lyricist, um, but the way it's it used to be, it was just like, all right, lyrics, melody, send it to the band. We all work on it as a group to kind of layer cake it, and then just kind of like okay that's a finished product and it's moving now towards we i'll write lyrics but i'll you know it's it's everyone needs to kind of sit down and kind of chew on it for a little bit and sometimes it'll be like hey i've got a line here that i'd like to throw in there and make that work and we're starting to kind of have more of a collaborative uh attack process as a band um creatively we we want the record to sound we want this next record to sound a little bit more broad in terms of how everybody's putting everything into the pot. Mm -hmm. So I think that it, it's basically kind of like build the foundation of it with lyrics and melody. And then everybody pour your, uh, put your piece into it. I know you have day jobs. What's your day gigs? You two of you still work together or what? I'm in uh, tech consulting. Okay. 
down in Austin. Yeah. All right. And Sal, what do you do? I sell hardwood floors. Oh, cool. Yeah. I am a uh, cowboy hat shaper um, and a boot hat and boot salesman and uh, event coordinator for uh, Allen's Boots on South Congress. I help stock our uh, bar with tequila and whiskey, and I book all the live music on our stage. So you have experience in it? Uh, yes. <laughs> and Phil, what do you do? I uh, work for Amazon. I'm a machine learning data analyst. It's a remote job. And it's awesome because I can be flexible. Like yeah. yesterday I didn't work and to come out here and hang with these guys. Oh, I, I didn't actually play yesterday. The drummer and I are just, we're watching our guys. And they, they had us, they had us as an acoustic trio. Yeah. So oh, cool. Well, that's all right. us the whole time. Yeah. And what's the drummer do? Uh, uh, he's full-time. Full-time he's musician. the only one out of the whole crew who is full-time right now. So, you know, I talk to him all the time, and we're starting to get real busy. We're starting to work with a booking agent. And, uh, you know, my goal to him is, like, I got to keep you busy so you can eat. Yeah, you know? that's – yeah. The rest of you have day jobs, but eventually you want that to, um, you want that to go away. Sometimes here and there where, you know, he's been offered to go on a tour, and he, he plays in a lot of churches and knows a lot of people in the uh, Christian music community. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of times where he's like, hey, I got offered to go on tour for like three weeks and like it's guaranteed money for three weeks. Like, I got to go. And so yeah. our goal is to make sure he doesn't have to do that anymore. So. Yeah. So that's double whammy for you guys. Yeah. You know. You know, we're, we're getting to a better spot, too, in Austin, you know, getting into more venues versus bars that have a stage. Yeah. Even if they have a stage and they have the sound equipment and you know, an engineer to run that for us. But, you know, so we're playing Continental uh, next weekend. And uh, we all, we haven't been able to announce it, but we're uh, getting to play Antones later in June. Oh, cool. You know, we're making this shift of less bars and more venues in Austin. Yeah. And the Austin crowd is growing to where, you know, we have a lot of people coming to the shows that they weren't friends of any of ours, you know, before. And now it's just, Every time we have a show, they're there. And they're like, ever since we caught you guys at Saxon Pub or we caught you at Rustic, like, we come out to every show if we can. It's, you know, it's developing there in the Austin area, and we're kind of starting to hack up here in the North Texas. Um, you know, we played up here before, but it was always like, hey, we went and played a show in Dallas, and then we didn't go back for three or four months. Versus yeah. now, we're being able to make it a little more consistent. We've got this weekend up here. We're coming back next month for – a Friday and a Saturday and uh, we'll be back in July. So, you know, we're starting to have more consistency up here, um, which, you know, hopefully helps all towards that goal too, you know? If, uh, if you had said, you asked us earlier, like what were your goals when you started? What are your goals now? Yeah. If you had gone to Sal and I just popping around town playing open mics and said, Hey, one day you will play Scoot in Saxon pub, Continental club and Antones. We would have been like, we're living the dream. Like yeah. that's, we, we did it. And now we're realizing more and more what the potential can be. And it's like that, that's what it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's encouraging for us because we know we're capable of hitting those, those targets, but it's also kind of sharpening and getting smarter about how we do things as we go. And we don't know what we don't know. The, the first record that we put out. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. That's right. 
we the first record we put out we've we've all learned a lot one as individual musicians and two as a group on how we operate creatively and administratively so that's that's the biggest thing that we're all trying to kind of learn together is how do we get the best output creatively and also the best output growing as a business and i think your story is unique from the standpoint of what you all do differently yeah and then we we start getting you some pr where people are gonna you know come out and say i mean like you saying you you shape hats you sell hardwood floors i got an amazon guy over there you know i mean it's really kind of and if you need any computer help our tech vittlefader can help you with your tech <laughs> that's that's something that uh, one of our one of our good friends coming up, um, he gave me a good piece of advice right when we were starting out. He was like, the biggest advantage that you guys have is that there's no wealthy uncle or parent that gave you all the money, gave you mm -hmm. all the connections, that, you know, had the right TikTok person that blew you up. Like, there's nobody who can trace your success back to, oh, well, they just made it because of this. And it's like, that's that's the whole reason why. They're doing like there's Bailey Zimmerman right now is an artist that I I can't really get behind his music. I he also was like a YouTube had tons and tons of views because he just like did truck videos on YouTube mm -hmm. and then he had a pretty wealthy background with the family, got to know Morgan Wallen and then boom, that stuff like that happens. And I think the thing that he said to us, he's like, the bands that really have a lot of depth and richness to the art that they're ultimately selling is that it came from an actual like you know, strife. It came from actually like you, you struggled, you, you know, you did it the hard way. And when your background comes up that way, you're bulletproof. Like nobody can poke holes in like, Oh, well they, it's just this. It's like, no, they made it cause they're good. Well, tonight I'm cutting loose. I'm stepping in my favorite dancing shoes. He said, what you want to do? I said, I want to be a little more like you. He said, that's all well and fine, but you got to polish up so you can shine.